I'm Kirsty Gillen. And I'm Laura Farlin. We are the AHSS Digital Learning Team. Welcome to our AHSS Digital Learning Coffee Break podcast series. Just because Canvas and every digital tool that we use for our courses, or at least in my experience, um, every lecture, every tutor has a different way of organizing things and communicating things. So it becomes, I think, both understanding their organizational kind of priorities, but then also my own. And then it's almost impossible to integrate the two. And so essentially I'm kind of taking information and then putting it as my own world and then having to then put it back into um, the way that the university would like it to be you know, organized. So I think that that's a huge challenge. On the theme of student digital literacies, some of our AHSS student digital champions, Noel Campbell, Jamie Lucas Campbell and Eleanor Gilmore, provide some interesting insights into their own journey with digital learning. They also discuss a few of the challenges they have had as students living and learning in the digital age and highlight some top tips for students to exploit digital tools for greater success at university. We kick off the discussion by asking the students what are some of the most common technical issues or concerns that students might see, which may lead to barriers to learning at Queen's. So something that uh, was quite new, I think, this year was uh, two-factor authentication. And linked to another one of your questions there um, is where do you prefer to study was the library. Um, so I found it quite difficult at times to get logged on to Queen's, all of the Queen's applications um, because of two-factor authentication. And so then going on from that, trying to uh, sort that issue involved looking online and it was finally resolved by getting in contact with the IT service desk who um, told me about the the Authenticator app. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about it, but it is something I work in the McClay a lot and like I I didn't know about the app. So I would often like be sat at my desk and have to walk around trying to get a signal to get the message. So that was something that I noticed this year that was very different and I'm not I don't know, but I think I'll definitely try and use the app. And as well as that, I think it is mainly just signal things like, I don't know, teams sometimes can play up. And like if I'm having a, a meeting with my supervisor that about about a dissertation chapter and there's no, you know, it's on my end, it's quite frustrating because, you know, I need that kind of guidance. But I think generally speaking, it's been more of that kind of issue of like accessibility due to like, I don't know, networks and stuff. And I know that's can sometimes can't be helped, but I wouldn't say I've had that much difficulty in any other regard, except for maybe I had a bit of trouble accessing my student versus my staff account for the skills assistant stuff. That's like a very particular problem. And that took a whole, I had to have a whole lot of avenues to go down to do a support ticket and do, you know, talk contact IT and stuff. But um, yeah, it was all resolved in the end. But yeah, I agree with what Noel said. Have, have you ever been encouraged to develop your own basic IT skills? And if not, what would encourage you to do so? Um, so not necessarily as part of my course, but I think um, uh, I, I probably would be really keen to um, upskill, I think, especially if there were certificates or something that I could listen my CV afterward. So I've used edX in the past and I find it really, really effective. I've taken like nine month long courses on edX, largely tra uh, targeted to like uh, personal and professional development and then some digital skills building. Um, they had some really good courses on like project management as well. 
Um, so I look, typically look for those that um, are tied to or affiliated with some sort of university um, or some higher education institution, and then one that obviously has that certificate that you get at the end. I felt that in my course or um, undergrad, undergraduate course as well, not really in terms of the basic IT skills, but what did encourage me to up, upskill like those basic skills was when I did a placement. Um, and whenever I really saw the use of um, Excel, for example, in the workplace, then that, that really encouraged me to take the time to learn a bit more about it because I could see I could see a use for it. Um, I suppose maybe on my course, it hasn't particularly been um, a feature, I think, just because of the degree that I do. But I think that, for example, like people would be encouraged to maybe upskill, like depending on the assignments that they have set, for example, like um, I know there are lots of like podcasting kind of assignments coming up now and things like that and people learning how to edit and obviously like, you know, to perform, like do presentations, which doesn't always have to be on PowerPoint and like recording and things like that. So I feel like it is like they're incentivized if the assignments are a bit more creative to maybe look into different software, things like that. And from there, they kind of gain experience that way. That's something that would probably has incentivized me in the past. And do you think it's important to digitally upskill? I think so. I think that because I think if you learn, I think if you can show that you can learn a different software, like you you can adapt, like you can do something like that you've not learned before. I think that is that shows, for example, like an employer that you were able to do that, that you can adapt, that you can you have those technical abilities to be able to kind of build on something that maybe you haven't tried before. And as well as that, I think it is just useful, like you say, like kind of to just have because you're going to need to use like Excel and Word and various parts of your life not even necessarily in like a job scenario just in your life to kind of put it all together so I do think it's important but I think yeah it's obviously different students would have different levels of needing different software depending on their degree and stuff. Next question what what is your level of information and data literacy and do you know what this is do you think it's important um, mine is probably pretty low. I, well, I just think like I like I know what it means. Like I know what data literacy means is being able to like, kind of communicate, show that you understand things via data. But like it's not my something that I have a lot of experience in is like, I don't know, languages, humanities student. Same here. I think Excel is my greatest extent of, of being able to manip uh, manipulate information and actually present it. Um, and even in my professional experience, I've never actually had to take information and then extrapolate it and put together statistical analyses. Um, but I think that it would be something that comes in handy, especially as I'm finishing up my MA now. And I can't tell you how invaluable that would be. Um, and so I'm finding myself having to catch up. Um, but yes, uh, I, I'd say that it's a, a basic but higher than elementary understanding of, of literacy. I, I think as well, just um, I think it's quite a difficult question to answer to, to be able to say, like, if you have a high level or a, or a low level. I mean, I can point to things that I've done in the past that would demonstrate a level of it, but I'm, I'm, I would really struggle to say that I have a low, medium or high level um, of it. What about, this is a bonus question, what about your own data? So you, you know, you guys use a lot of online tools and, you know, you accept cookies. Every website you go to now says, do you accept 
privacy policy, that sort of thing. What What's your view on that? Are you worried about where your data goes? Do you think about it and how that is used when you're exploring online websites and tools? I, I think this is actually something I've spoke to my friends about because um, um, I, I noticed I was getting a lot of emails from companies that I had signed up to like two or three years ago and I hadn't used their services and then maybe I was just bored one evening but decided to look at the privacy policy and say look please delete all of my data so um, I, I do feel it's something um, that's good to be aware of um, if they don't need my data anymore I, I feel I, I feel we should be encouraged to know about these things um, and, and to take advantage of those rights for um, to ask for it to be deleted. No, I'm quite, um, I think, healthy paranoid in the sense that in America, it's not really an option to reject all as it is here. So I find myself now consistently clicking reject all. Like I will actually go to the, I'll go to a separate page and select um, reject all um, because I am concerned and I do have that, you know, similar worry, I, I suppose, as Noel in that um, I've noticed, I mean, you'll go out and have a conversation, all of a sudden you'll see an advertisement or um, somehow you've been scrolling on Instagram and now you've been bombarded by a thousand different advertisers. Um, so yeah, pretty much I, I opt for reject all and I do attempt to delete my data wherever I can, which is just a foreign concept to me and it's brilliant. Yeah, I think I do that now. I think for years I kind of just like not that I wasn't aware of what they were but it was it was more I was just like in a rush and I was like yeah whatever and then I would like like accept this and then I like now my like gmail account is just like littered with stuff and it's too much stuff and I'm like I need to sort this out so yeah it is something that I you know think about I see it every day so I think it's something I'm gonna have to tackle at some stage because you know I could say like it's too late but you know what if I really put my mind to it I could probably solve the problem because it is probably a bit of a concern so yeah next question you know as your generation does live so much of their life on devices and online and exploring the information superhighway so what are the most common struggles that students might have when you do live so much of your life life on these devices either for learning or in your personal life and so much of your life online? Uh, well, the two that have impacted me most this year, I think, have been organization. And the second aspect would be just a shorter attention span. I mean, we are the TikTok generations, and so that means anything longer than 30 seconds, you've lost our attention. Um, but on the concern of, uh, I think, organization, I think just because Canvas and every digital tool that we use for our courses, or at least in my experience, um, every lecture, every tutor has a different way of organizing things and communicating things. So it becomes, I think, uh, both understanding their organizational kind of priorities, but then also my own. And then it's almost impossible to integrate the two. And so essentially I'm kind of taking information and then putting it as my own world and then having to then put it back into um, the way that the university would like it to be you know, organized. So I think that that's a huge challenge. And then, you know, we do have that short attention span and just more demands in life. And so I suppose that it makes for, I mean, just the organizing and then just being physically or emotionally present in, in, in terms of what we're doing is always a challenge nowadays. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that the organization factor is pretty difficult. I think because because when you're in a university setting and like you're in different class, I don't know, there's a spatial kind of separation, but there is no spatial separation. Like 
between like it, it's all just one jumbled thing on teams and um I think as well something that I've noticed is kind of just a general social disconnect for people like I was lucky that kind of in the middle of lockdown I was living with people who were doing my course and like you know it was it was we were in our separate rooms like doing the it was very weird but um yeah I think I was lucky that I had like an established set of friends by that point but like I noticed as a skills assistant actually with some of the sessions that I was having with people I was talking to them and one of the main issues that lecturers were finding and that students were finding is that you know they didn't really feel as part of a community they didn't they just kind of were online and like whenever they came back into the real world it was like you know they didn't have a lot of friends a lot of connections and stuff and that's where you make those connections is like after class and you go out for a coffee and stuff and things like that and I think that being online a lot kind of you know makes that a lot more difficult that kind of social element that's really important to like university life and making friends and stuff so yeah in terms of a lot of the social media platforms they are really designed to be addictive and to draw you in and they learn from you and your usage of it and to show you more stuff that um previously caught your attention so they they continually become more um more drawing i'd say as well um just the physical the physical side of uh of being on a screen a lot um and maybe some general training would be useful about uh, things like taking micro breaks like looking at something 20 meters away for 20 seconds you know to really um reduce the strain in your eyes or general tips around spending um a lot of time even the way um you sit at a laptop or is it healthier to use a desktop um the chair you're using i think that all of that would be um would be useful to know more about is there anything else that staff whether it be your academic staff or um, information that's, that's delivered from Students Union or other support networks around the institution, is there anything that they can do to help you as students living and learning in the digital age? I, I've, I've thought about this quite a lot and I think of just a couple of the things and we've talked about this and some of the other things that we've been doing, but being more concise in the messaging, I think, because oftentimes it feels as though some of the messaging is, you know, three or four paragraphs long when essentially the university could use one bullet point. Um, I just think that kind of recognizing that we are being bombarded with a lot of information, so just that conciseness, but then also um, being wise about the placement of guides and whatnot. So one of the um, I've just thought about this, but one of the bigger technical issues that I've experienced has been printing. I still have issues to this day printing across campus and in accommodation. Um, uh, and oftentimes IT is already working on the issue, but I think we aren't aware. So just kind of um, getting out of the silo um, would be really, really helpful. But I think that that's just a, just an, a natural challenge, but maybe um, talking more, but finding different ways to communicate, if that makes sense, or just figuring out how to make more collaboration you know again we're now in the digital space of so figuring out how that would work but yeah that's um i'd say pretty much just changing uh our communication apparatus or just being more concise would be really helpful i think staff would really maybe appreciate hearing a little bit about peer collaboration mm. i think that they have struggled quite a bit on how to yeah. support students and how to get them engaged a bit more in teamwork um, and especially if we are talking about how the sort of digital age has caused people to be a little bit withdrawn in themselves whenever they're in person 
So it's it's hard for staff to help students to get them to collaborate a little bit more and to provide that sort of peer collaboration. Have you any suggestions or seen anything that has worked well for you or for other um, sort of like teammates um, that they can, you know, proactively um, do peer collaboration, maybe online? The graduate school had a really good um, uh, CMI course, um, and what they what they integrated was the the teams uh, uh, the teams breakout rooms, and then individual teams or sub teams for um, some of our individual group projects. I found that really effective solely because you know my you know I know it's a double edged sword, but I do actually enjoy the digital team working more than in person just because it's easier you know in terms of where folks are physically um I, so i found that really handy but then also you can collaborate in real time so we worked on a powerpoint presentation together and it took you know 20 minutes because we were very focused and we wanted to get off teams and so of course we were very focused on what we were doing um but then also again that aspect you don't have to be on campus to study and then the other part is it's super inclusive of neurodivergent students so there are folks on the team who maybe feel more comfortable um operating in a digital environment and so that brings them into the fold. So I think that that was a really good example. And this was a three month long kind of trial and error that we worked through with the graduate school. And I think that it was super, super effective. Mine does involve teams as well. I think that to be honest, a lot of it was more the nature of my masters at the moment is very independent and a lot of us are doing like separate projects. But we kind of took initiative to almost when we were preparing for our presentations, we would do it over teams. Like we would say them to each other on teams because that was kind of the way that that was going to go like it was pretty easy to do it on team so I feel like it it was our own personal initiative that caused us to do that but I think it was kind of out of necessity and almost like we made the most of like for example like Jamie was saying like every people can be in different living in different places and you know it's really useful tool to use I think sometimes in class I know some people did have issues with breakout rooms or they found them kind of awkward or I think it just depends on which is difficult it's a difficult thing because how do you so, like get around that circumvent that but um so but I think generally speaking like if you assign people kind of assignments in which the group work is involved they will have to do it and it's more of a case of like you know it, it'll happen and I think that people get nervous about it but I think that not necessarily if you force them to do it but I think that the collaborative skill is so important I think that that's definitely be incorporated into different assignments like kind of group work and present because you know it's it's not for all of them obviously but like you know for a few I think it's just a useful skill to have but yeah teams I found have been has been very useful. Something I've really liked is we have like uh, our own study group on teams and it's just anything anything goes in it really share your notes um talk about the talk about a lecture I think before teams I I actually just enjoyed getting on the phone to some of my colleagues and just having a chat um so I think video calls are quite your, all your attention is structured, but I um, I think just having a chat on the phone is another is another thing, but could of course be done through the Teams app on your phone or, or WhatsApp or, or something like that. You guys as student digital champions and the work that you've done over the last uh, year, do you have one piece of advice for students who might be learning in this digital age? Um, I think although we've talked a lot of about areas for improvement, I think um, there is a lot of uh, 
uh, tools out there and um, things that can can support um, learning at this time. Like, for instance, with organization, um, I've really found like blocking out time on Microsoft Teams to be to be very useful and having a calendar. Um, so I would say, although online learning can be difficult, there are a lot of tools that that could really support um, support students and and to try and take advantage of those. Yeah, weirdly enough, I was kind of going to say the same thing, like almost like lean into it a bit, like do a bit of like trial and error of what works for you, what doesn't work for you in the online space. Like, you know, I am still finding things today that are really helping me out. Like I, you know, it's been a lot of trial and error, but now I have like, right. I know that Google Tasks is a good thing for me. I know that Quizlet's a good thing for me. I know that my different, but I tried so many different things and then I figured what worked. And like even last week I fig I found um this app Flip, which is like a really good like concentration app for like um like a revision app. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like if everybody knew about this, like it, Queen should promote this, like this is crazy. So I think just look and search for, because there are so many things like what Noel said and and you'll find stuff that will help you out and make things easier generally. Uh, no, I agree with what Eleanor and uh, Noel were saying. I think the key for me this past year has been just customizing. Um, so Noel mentioned just time and and one of the things that have helped me is something like Pomodoro Clock. So I do block out time whilst I'm writing, just these small things that I integrate in the tools that I have to use. Um, even just changing the color of some of the apps, like I change the color of my Chrome browser ever so often so that I spice it up. So I just try to add a bit of flair to what I'm doing because otherwise you just drown in the in the study. So just customization.